0: Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 167. On this week's episode, I have an incredible conversation with Maggie Schneider of the band Glimmers. If you guys are not familiar with them, you need to get familiar with them. Go check them out. They are absolutely incredible. Um... I had a great time talking with Maggie. We talked about a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, Starting off and and kind of talking about vocally, uh, the comparison between any lead singer, vocalist uh, that is female and being compared to Hayley Williams and Paramore. Um, We talked about the disruption of tours and when plans fall through due to circumstances outside of their control. We talked about their new EP, Human Furnaces, which is fucking dope. Go check it out. Um, and all kinds of other stuff. It was just a really fun conversation. Maggie is super dope and, um, definitely want you guys to be checking the band out. Go check out their Twitch, um, and really get to know this band from the ground level because they are going to explode and it's just a matter of time. Um, and who doesn't want to be on the, the leading edge of that and say, hey look guys, I I know this band that's blowing up and they're super, super fucking cool and rad and everything else. So um, yeah, let's dive into this. This is my conversation with Maggie Schneider of the band Glimmers. Cool. Uh, So to kick things off, let's start with the boring-ass question, because I refuse to sit down and just think of a better one. Who are you? What do you do? Why are we having this conversation?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, first, thanks so much for having me. Um, My name is Maggie. I'm the front woman of the band Glimmers. Uh, We're based in Atlanta. We play pop rock music and we're here i think because of our shared love of alternative music i get that vibe that you and i have very similar music taste so yeah so yes. to be here
0: yeah awesome um so for people that are somehow not discovering you yet um you know it's it's insane i was just reviewing like spotify numbers and stuff like that before you jumped on because like i feel like i've known about you guys for a while through either the, you know, release radar or whatever it was, you guys popped up in, you know, my Spotify, I feel like legitimately like a year or two ago. Um, But you've got some songs that have like crazy good streaming numbers, but for some reason, monthly listener count doesn't reflect that. And it's like, are people just playing that song and not following or like not putting it on a playlist? What's
1: happening here? For sure. That's, that's like my baby. I think you're talking about not going to goodbyes. Yes. That's That's as of right now our number one song. And I feel like that song reflects like who we are as a band, definitely my hopeless romantic style of writing and kind of everything we do. Um, but yeah, you know, that song has been like Definitely the introduction of our band for a lot of people. So I love hearing that even just stumbling across that song. You know, you took the time to look up our other music. So thanks yeah. so much.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, I think you know, again, I I couldn't even tell you exactly when I I first found out about you guys. It might have been with that song. It might have been before. Yeah. But I think the thing is, you know, like it is. It is the cheesy, hopeless, hopeless romantic side of music, but it's also done in this way that is still high energy. It's still it's not like the indie singer songwriter that people associate with hopeless romantics.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I've always been someone where I've loved like both worlds of music you know I'm I'm like a theater kid first and then turned into like pop punk pop rock fan and front woman and so for me like I've always been passionate about artists and bands that tell those kinds of stories but in you know like a a different way you know not just the the sappy acoustic song but something you could hear in you know a John Hughes movie or you know some Something that could be in a film or a tv show like from the 2000s so yeah. definitely that's our vibe for sure
0: yeah absolutely um so for those people that aren't familiar with you let's kind of rewind a little bit and and start walking through the formation of this project and especially being atlanta-based that music scene is crazy diverse but also like kind of a weird conglomerate that like doesn't always support you know a new artist right away you know
1: yeah for sure so we have had like an interesting journey and you know I'm a big believer in fate and things kind of happening for a reason so you know many moons ago even back when I was 15 16 I was playing music as a solo artist um, and, you know, we're lucky, like a lot of people don't really think about Atlanta as having like an alternative scene, but right. truly, like even especially since the pandemic, it's really blossomed here. And we have really great venues like the Masquerade, um, who really empower young artists and bands and just give them the opportunities to grow on a local level first. Right. Um And so as a solo artist, that's how I started. So uh, my first, like, more professional solo gig, not in a coffee shop or something, was opening for Allison Weiss, um, who's now, I believe, John Weiss. Um, Mm -hmm. And they performed at the Masquerade, which is our our home away from home here. (laughs) And they were looking for an opener. And so myself with my acoustic guitar and was just super excited about the idea of opening for an artist in the scene. And so they gave me that chance. And then ever since they've just supported me through all of my endeavors. Um, But going into you know, I think I would say like 2018, like I, I played Vans Warp Tour, the Atlanta date of the final year of Warp Tour. That was like a, a monumental moment for me. And I yeah. made strides for myself, but I always wanted to have like a band to share that with. Um, because there's something different about playing music by yourself versus playing music with, you know, a group of friends who all have the same dream. Um, and so that was always like what I wanted, but it was either, you know, you, you, I couldn't find the people who I connected with musically or personally, it wasn't as much of a fit. And so there was always kind of something in the way of finding like that solid foundation to like make the next step and to form a band. And so funny enough, you know, starting to record my own solo music, I befriended, you know, throughout the years, these awesome guys who have become my best friends. And we had a one of show opportunity to play a Paramore cover set in New Orleans. Uh, we had some friends reach out to us. They were doing like a tribute show for pop punk bands. And they were like, would you want to do the Paramore set? And I was like, well, absolutely. But I don't want to do that acoustic. Like that would be boring. Like I, I want to run all over the place and do my thing. And so that was our first gig in what the Glimmers lineup is today. And we love doing it so much that we kept playing shows together. And then when the pandemic hit, that was when I was starting to think, okay, I really would like to rebrand this and think of it less as my own project, but more of a collective. Mm-hmm. And then we just started having those conversations and and glimmers kind of became what it is today.
0: Yeah. And I have to ask because as a, a music journalist and someone that's been doing this for far fucking too long um i i hate that this is always the thing right like it's a female fronted band oh yep. they're paramour no they're fucking not paramour like you, <laughs>
1: it's, Thank you. It,
0: it is such a frustrating thing to see even on on my side because like that's the immediate assumption is oh well it it's a paramour 2.0 or whatever and it's like but but it's not like you understand these are all individuals you understand like there's so much more to this yes on one hand yes it's a compliment when someone does say you know oh i see a lot of paramore in you or i see a yes. lot of haley in you but don't fucking use that as the benchmark
1: <laughs> yes oh my god like thank you so much cuz it's you know it's such a distinction because obviously Haley Williams has had a huge influence on me as a singer and as a writer, and that's amazing, but it should not go unnoticed that people create like female fronted as a genre and not everybody, but they, they tend to generalize that we all sound the same and it is so false. And and I just feel like that is something that needs to be said more. And it's not a matter of we don't like Paramore. Of course, we love Paramore. That's yeah. like a huge influence. But it just kind of paints every band with a woman or female identifying person the same way. Yeah. And that is not how it should be. So I appreciate that. <laughs>
0: Yes. And I, I try to use female fronted as little as possible for that exact reason as well, because like, inevitably, you know, and I've had so many artists on this, this podcast, you know, and I've got friends that often yell at me because I will say I do have a tendency, like, I have such a soft spot for female vocals. So like, Inevitably, every release radar you guys have been on it a couple times for my release radar and then my weekend waves playlist. Like, inevitably, every week there's at least one or two female vocalists, yeah. Um, but like, that's the thing I have refused for like at least 10 years. I will not say, hey, this sounds a lot like Paramore, you should check it out, or you know, whatever. It's like, yeah. and I love Paramore, I mean. Yeah. It, it, I was growing up when they were growing up, so totally, you know, for sure. But but it's such a, like you said, like there's such a distinction between all of these people, and like even even if we take Paramore out of the equation, I'm always cautious about like, hey, have you heard Glimmers? They sound a little bit like First to Eleven, or they sound a little bit, you know, like it's like no, I there's there's so much single singularity within these different bands. Yeah. It's not fair because the, the irony is we don't do that with male artists near as yes. often.
1: No. And that was what I was going to say. Like it tends to be a comparison with women in rock music. Yes. It's, it's similar, you know, growing up in the singer songwriter world, mm-hmm. Taylor Swift, Like that, that was always the other comparison in country or singer songwriter was, oh, you're a girl with an acoustic guitar, like Taylor Swift must be like your number one influence. So I feel like it's such a thing with female artists. And, you know, of course, these are all artists that we aspire to have careers, you know, that that have a very similar, you know, journey uphill. But you don't see it as much with, you know, more male prominent bands or artists. Yeah. It's very interesting. I don't yeah, know.
0: It, it, it's crazy. Like, you know, the only band that I can think of that I use as a um, kind of a, a benchmark or comparison piece on the male side is Bring Me the Horizon. But that's only because they f- fucking went crazy and went into every genre. So it's like, you can kind of say, Oh, this this kind of sounds like this album from Bring Me. Um, but then again, you know, stripping it back to there's not a single person that I would say sounds like Ollie Sykes. You yeah. know what I mean? Like so, why are we doing that on the female side? That oh, you're a girl singer, you you must be Haley Williams.
1: <laughs> I know. And you know, I I had someone recently, and I know they meant it as a compliment like I know they did, but it was so funny. Like I laughed because I thought like, oh, they don't, they don't know like the, the, the context of kind of how, how they're saying this, but they started the conversation with me as so, you know, like a lot of female women, not female, women, female artists and rock music um, get compared to Haley Williams. And I thought the conversation was similar to what you and I were are having right. now and I was like oh yeah I know and then he was like but you like actually sound like Haley." <laughs> and I just laughed so hard <laughs> because he did not mean it in the way that it came out but I'm just like ah this is the problem <laughs> it,
0: and it is and I not taking away from you because I think you have an incredible voice I'm not taking away from anyone but like there, there isn't another Haley Williams on this planet. No. no. Period.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely.
0: So yeah, it, it's just, it's crazy. And, you know, I don't think we need to stay on that particular part too much longer, but like, I guess the, the thing is too, I've talked about this with a few artists before as well, and I'm sure you've got some life experience with it. The barricades that come up because of, oh, well, you're a, you have a female yeah. singer, like, Oh, we don't yeah. have room on this card for that or you know we just had that show last month so we're we're going to pass it's like guys come on
1: Oh for sure and you know that's something that is a real thing and I'm I'm happy to see like more tours include like that diversity not even just with women but with people of color yeah. like that has been so refreshing to see Um, And even like ladies who are killing it right now are rivals and scene queen and honey revenge and they are all doing amazing things and having these chances to finally like be a part of these like really good support slots on tours. Um, so I do see progress being made for sure, but absolutely. I, I think when people create female fronted as a genre, yeah. they're, they're using it as an excuse to be like, oh, uh, no, we, we had a, a female artist on the last run, you know, we, or, or, you know, we already have one of those, yeah, like we're, we're good type of thing. Yes
0: which again is insane to me because like as a huge emo and pop punk fan, right? Like that would be Mayday Parade being like, Hey, yellow card, you can't come on tour with us because we sound the same. Yeah, no, no, we don't.
1: (laughs) For sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful, like, especially in my band and, you know, our team around us, like, we have a team that is primarily women, which I love so much. Um, but also, you know, whether it's my bandmates or other men that we work with, they are so supportive and have that same mindset in mind of this is bullshit. You know, we, yeah. we already see progress being made, but let's keep this going. Let's Let's start to say, you know what? it's not cool to compare every female singer to the same person. Like let's right. have that conversation because then hopefully it'll open more doors for other bands to like continue their journey. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, that's, that's the key to all of it is like you said, when, when female fronted became a genre, unfortunately due to Paramore and not, not of Haley's, wishes at all like she's been very vocal about this needs to stop as well but I think you know it it obviously happened because they blew up and it's still so weird to me though because like if you think about it you're like okay but did Joan Jett not fucking exist at one point you know what I mean like weren't there so many people in trailblazers before Haley so why did Haley became the the poster child for lack of a better term to a female fronted band and then ever since then, like you said, it's kind of this um double-edged sword of like either we're gonna use it to gatekeep you out of something, or we're gonna use it as the excuse on why we're not adding you to this other piece. And it's like, yeah. guys, what the fuck? Like
1: for real, you don't,
0: like it just it makes no sense, but um so, let's start walking through some of uh, some of your catalog, okay? So um you guys dropped the EP, Cluttered Hearts, back in 2020. Um, start seeing a little bit of traction on that. And then COVID fucks everything up, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk about um, kind of the the nerves, the hesitation, the imposter syndrome that comes with that debut EP as this project and going, hey, we made this piece of art. Please love us. We're putting it out in the world.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a very nerve wracking thing. Um, and, you know, I'm a very type A person and I'm an overthinker. Um, and I just had a call today with a friend um, who's very supportive of us. And and he's in a band. But he was like, remember, it's supposed to be fun. Like, hey. he he was like, don't overthink it. Like, I can tell you're overthinking it. It's supposed to be fun. Like take a step back, you're all good, you know? And I think that was something that I learned kind of through the beginning processes of branding glimmers and kind of coming up with the story and everything.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but COVID, like COVID sucked. But I will say it gave us the opportunity to like sit in our bubble and be creative rather than having like the whole world to worry about, if that makes sense. Um, And so when we started this process, you know, I was still in college. It was my senior year of college and I went to an art school. So, you know, was feeling super creative in a time when we couldn't play shows Um, But I remember when we put out the first song, Don't Tell Me, and that was in, I believe, late July of 2020. But it was so nerve wracking because I didn't know if people would care. I didn't know if people would, you know, follow the band and and kind of see my journey from solo artist to band situation. Um, But people really seemed to resonate with it in a way that they hadn't before with my solo stuff. And so that gave me that confidence to kind of keep going. And then for Not Good at Goodbyes, which is on our second EP, Mm -hmm. uh, that was very nerve wracking for me because I always felt that that song was like the song. But when you think that you put a lot of pressure on yourself to make sure that everything is like perfect and right and everything um but i got to the point where we had all the content ready we had a pr plan social media plan whatever and it was just time to release it and it was very nerve-wracking but to this day like that song was really the one that got us on a lot of people's radars yeah. um and so definitely nerve-wracking to like put music out into the world but that is sometimes like my favorite part, because even though it's scary, it's like, okay, it's out of my hands. Right. like i i'm I'm supporting it, but I've done all that I can do for the most part. It's now yours to hopefully share it with a friend or take something away from it,
0: yeah, for sure. And I've heard it before as well. And I forget which artist I was talking to, but they're I'm going to paraphrase their quote. But it's basically, you know, in the creation process, I'm making this art for me. I'm writing these songs for me, and then once you put it in the world, it's no longer for you. Like I, like you said, I've done what I can. Now it is open to your interpretation, and you know, it's. Um, <laughs> I constantly go back to. I don't know if you've seen the clip. Uh, there's a interview from the Kelly Clarkson show with Dave Grohl, and she's talking about "Learn to Fly." And she's talking about how much she loves this song and how great it is and all this, and she loves his metaphors and and whatnot. And he goes, "Man, I really hate to burst your bubble, but that song's literally, literally about me wanting to become a pilot. I was trying to learn how to fly. Like wow. it, it is not anywhere near as profound as you've made it <laughs> up in your mind. It was this like I just wanted to learn how to fucking fly a plane. But he goes, I love that people've taken that, you know. And um, he said at one point. Um, it was a concert uh, video that I saw of his, but he says, You know, I wrote this song from my one perspective, but the thing I love about music is the second it goes out into the world, there's a million other perspectives of that exact same event.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love that so much. And, you know, we've had shows where people have come up to me and have said, You know, thank you so much for writing this song. Like, it inspired me to, you know, remove myself from a toxic relationship. Like I've had people come to me and say that, or they've told me that a song of ours has inspired them to maybe start, you know, doing doing something that they've always wanted to do, but maybe they were too afraid at first. Um, and that always means so much because, you know, they're they're taking their own inspiration from it and like turning it into something positive and the whole point of glimmers and why I even named the band that was because you know we as people tend to see like the glimmers of hope or positivity in situations and that's what we want to bring people with our music so whether it's our live show or whether it's a music video that we have like that's what we want to do. And so it's always just really like surreal to have people come up to us and say, I've been listening to your music for so long and like, thank you so much for writing this and and all of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think, you know, it's it's a thing where there's different levels to success and different measures to success, right? Like obviously we all want millions and millions of dollars because we live in yeah. corporate America. But <laughs> realistically, the more the more valuable measure of success is that exact moment when people come to you and say, hey, this impacted me in this very positive way and I appreciate what you've done.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I feel very lucky to, to be able to do it. It's always what I've wanted to do. Was like tour and be a singer in a band. So yeah, whenever we have those moments, I'm like, oh, this is why I do it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on Worlds Apart, I had to, to make this comment because I I love not good at goodbyes. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But I think there's one song on this EP that is criminally slept on, and I do not understand why people have not paid more attention to it. By the Lips is such a fucking incredible song.
1: Thank you so much. Yes, that, you know, that's definitely one, you know, we don't play live often. Um, we played it live for like our live stream that's on YouTube, right. we did like a full live set. But yeah, thank you so much. Definitely, definitely a deep cut for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, I don't, I, and I couldn't even pinpoint, I think it's, you know, there's just something about the, uh, the vocal presentation you know, it it's not a belty song by any means, but it's still got like this just power behind it. And it
1: yeah.
0: uh, I don't know it, it, if you haven't listened to it, you need to go fucking listen to it because it's going to absolutely you. hit. So yeah, I got to uh,
1: I got to give a shout out to Alex Crane. He wrote that song, majority of it um, yeah. in my living room. And he's a co-writer on many of the songs on those two EPs. Um, But shout out to him because that's a great song. And, you know, he's great with like dynamics, Mm -hmm. like vocal dynamics in terms of melody and then musical dynamics. And so we had a good time working on that one.
0: Yeah, dope. Um, So you guys also released the Live at the Masquerade. You mentioned the Masquerade earlier. Let's talk about the little feather that just went in your cap not too long ago around the Masquerade as well. You've now played all three rooms. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. I, you know, that is my home. I'm telling you, like, the first time I played at the Masquerade was when I was 12 years old. Uh, My mom and dad took me and they were both like, are we sure about this? Right. (laughs) Um, now, now they're like, everyone knows them and they're like the masquerade. So cool. But as a 12 year old or, or parents to a 12 year old, a little concerning, but For sure. <laughs> uh, they were, they were super supportive of me. And, and I did like a battle of the bands, like a local battle of the bands. And ever since then, like from, from their move to their new location, like six years ago, like they've just always been so supportive of me. Um, and so yeah, last Friday we played emo night in Atlanta and now officially we've played all three stages. So yeah. feels good. Yeah,
0: super dope. And, and it's not something that a ton of bands get to say, right? Like oh. it, it's really a, a testament to your progress and stepping through each level of the the program, if you will.
1: No, for sure. Like it's whenever you talk to other bands who are like, Oh, we have a triple crown too. Like it is definitely an accomplishment and every room like is so great. And, you know, we've, we can even say too, we've sold out purgatory. That's one of the rooms uh, multiple times. So, you know, have sold that room out at the old masquerade at the original location you know, sold two of those rooms out in the past. So it feels good. And, you know, every time we go there, it's like, we're reminded of like, ah, this is home. Like things are okay. Like we, we get to perform and, you know, be a part of our scene and we've received so much support from like our local scene. It's so, so awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, you, Relatively recently, last year, uh, dropped. I'm literally walking through your entire discography because I think it's incredible. Um, <laughs> but you, you guys worked with uh, Crooked Teeth and Matt Copley and did "I Want Out." Yeah. Um, you know, again, talk about artists lifting each other up. Crooked Teeth, I've had on the show a couple times now, yeah. and you know, he he's so into like the community involvement side of music, and it's just great to see that what's it like, you know, being on this track where you're going, okay, I've only got so much time to like really showcase what the message is supposed yeah, to be.
1: Yeah, for sure. So this was a great idea on Tyson's part from Crooked Teeth. Um, Cause we did a tour wow. together. It was really like our first real tour is glimmers because of the pandemic. Um yeah. We had done like weekenders in the past, but this was our first like substantial tour. Um, and we played shows through the Midwest and then down back home to Atlanta. Um, and the bill was ourselves, unwell and cricket team. Um, And so it was really, really cool because Tyson called me and said, hey, wouldn't it be awesome if we like had a track that we all could perform together on the tour um, and promote with the shows. And it was so fun. Yeah. So I was like, hell yeah, why not? Um. And so he, he asked me if I could sing on the verse or not the verse, the bridge um, and said, just like, fuck around with it. Like make it your own, do whatever. And I love a bridge. That's right? usually my favorite part of a song. <laughs> Because it's like the turning point yes. usually. Um, it it bridges that gap between, you know, the the second chorus and then maybe a resolution of everything. And so it was super fun for me. And Unwell is so good, like they're great friends of ours. Matt is a dynamic force of nature. Uh, as a vocalist. And he's a theater kid, too. So we have that in common. Um, But yeah, that was a really fun song. And I I enjoyed singing it every night with them.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I've not spoken with Matt um, on the podcast yet. But I've had, like I said, had Tyson on um, two times now, I think it is. And, um, you know, every time it's just so much the dude does not lack in, in passion at all. Like this guy is not phoning it in. It's not like a, Oh, you know, I might be able to make some money. Like this is his life.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. And shout out to his band too. Emma and Jason, like have that same passion and, and like just such a great vibe. Like when we were on that tour, it was always good vibes. Um, we had a great time and, you know, they're, they're announcing really great gigs right now too. So I just saw that on my feed today. So very happy for the homies.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, which brings us to the current centerpiece of your discography, uh, human furnaces just dropped. It's another absolutely insane, uh, collection of work. I do think, you know, obviously it's the newest song, but I think Alone Again is being slept on a little bit.
1: That's my um, favorite.
0: <laughs> it's being slept on, um, according to streaming numbers and whatnot. But I and I think it might be my favorite off this one too. Scared to lose is absolutely incredible. My Distouch is fun. Um, Little Mistakes is up there, but I think Alone Again, there's just something about it. It's probably the hopeless romantic in me as well. That I'm just like, that's where it's at. This is the song.
1: <sighs> Thank you. Yeah. That, that one is definitely my favorite. Um, you know, in this EP process, we recorded these songs like in a week. So this was like a chaotic, chaotic energy for glimmers. And I tracked most of these vocals from like 7 PM to two in the morning for like five days in a row um we did it at our home studio um our lead guitarist alex has a home studio and he's produced most of our stuff um that Mm -hmm. we've put out um but we sent the tracks to courtney ballard um and he's done some of our favorite uh, albums he did the newest grayscale stand atlantic water parks etc um, and then his partner Stefano, so they they produced it and kind of shaped the songs to what they are today. Um, but alone again was my favorite, and the funny thing was we originally weren't going to record that song.
0: It's usually um, how it works.
1: <laughs> yeah, because we we tracked the other four, and then we I think we had like another song that we were thinking about, and we were like, you know, it just it doesn't vibe. We don't know if it's strong enough. And so the guys were like, let's listen to some of your demos. Cause usually I have like the skeleton of the song and mm-hmm. then the band kind of goes from there in arranging it and making it, you know, kind of the full production idea. Um, but I had this song and I had written it with a friend, Nick Pena, who is in Lost Body. He sings mm-hmm. on Knock it Goodbyes." And so he did the lyrics. I did the music. And the guys were like, "Why didn't we like think about this song? Like this is like great." And I was like, "Yay! <laughs> Hopeless romantic, sad girl, hour song. We love it." Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's my favorite for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, and again, it's the newest, so maybe it'll catch up uh, on streaming. But um, sure. you know, I think it's I think it's a testament to you guys as well that. You know with this EP you kind of are doing whether it was intentional or not you can tell me but there I've seen a trend happening and I've talked to a few artists where it is very intentional that 98% of the EP becomes singles before it comes out so that they all get their own space to breathe and live yes so with that what goes into that mindset for you as far as like you know I don't, the people that get it, get it. The ones that don't, won't. But like, do you think that there's maybe some fans that are like, oh, well, I've already heard all of this. So why is this an EP?
1: For sure. You know, I feel like the single trend, it's been a thing for the past like two, three years now. And it's something that I like became inspired by with the band Camino. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you're a fan of the band Camino, but. I became a fan of that band like when they weren't signed, they were like just a Nashville band. They played college tours and stuff. And it was kind of like you're if you're in the know, you know. But my favorite part was that they would just give one song every six weeks and it had its own vibe and it just existed in its own realm. And then, you know, there was a point when when they had try hard EP, they like mm-hmm. put them together and it made sense. So for me, you know, we've talked about like, do we want to do all of them as singles or not? But I love the idea of like having the songs breathe and have their own time. Um, mm-hmm. But I also love at the same time, like having them come together in the end to establish like, oh, there are some like common themes here. Like it it has a flow. And, you know, these songs, they're all pretty different, um, I would say. And we talked about that a lot as a band. We were wondering, well, do we just keep them as singles? Do we have them together? But in the end, we decided to put them together because with Human Furnaces, like that idea for me, like a lot of these songs have a lot to do with my self growth and like mm-hmm. learning from love and loss and even in like a friendship love sense, like yeah. learning from letting go and learning from self-sabotage, like what Midas Touch talks about. Mm-hmm. Um, And then at the end with Alone Again, you know, establishing, okay, yeah, like it didn't work out but I do feel like I, I am taking something away from it. Um, human furnaces, the idea of, you know, you could still feel alone with somebody. So it's like, you, you need to find the right person and find yourself first, more importantly. Um, and so that's why we decided to put those songs together. Um, but yeah, in, in a business perspective, you know, I like the idea of dropping songs every, like, six weeks, because then there's always, like, something to look forward to. Right.
0: Um,
1: so, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I think, you know, I'm 38, so I'm going to age myself on this, but I remember going to the store and buying CDs and, and cassettes, even, back in the day, Um, and so, like, there wasn't any, you could skip around, but, like, for the most part, you listen straight through. yeah the it's going to make me sound like such a crotchety old man the downside to streaming services is you lose that type of attention span it's so easy to skip around that I think I think the single strategy is smart and I don't I'm not you know objecting to it at all because I think while I am one of the people I'm probably in the minority that like when an album comes out or an EP I'm going to listen to it front to back at least the first few times. Oh, yeah. Most people are not doing that anymore. So it's, you know, you do lose alone again by the lips, you know, like sure. you lose a little bit of that. Uh, if only that would have had time to be on its own, maybe it yeah. would have gotten the recognition.
1: For sure. No, absolutely. And, you know, even like thinking about what we want to do next, I'm super open to whether we, you know, give all of the singles away. Or I'm hoping not to jinx myself, but I'm hoping <laughs> that whatever the next project is, I would love for it to be a full length or closer mm-hmm. to a full length. You know, having a few songs come out, but maybe, maybe then kind of having some songs that we kind of give is like, you know, the final piece of the puzzle. Um, yeah, but it's fun. It's it's cool because. You know, as artists now, we have the resources to kind of make our own decisions in that way. So it's fun to kind of, you know, see what your audience prefers too.
0: Yeah. And I I think, you know, that's probably probably more accurate for what I've seen too, is that EPs tend to be virtually all of it comes out and then at the end, kind of like what you guys did, wrap it back together and go, hey, that, that was one full piece of body of work. You just yeah. didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, whereas an album, yeah, like release three or four singles off of it. And then it's like, hey, by the way, there's six more tracks in here. Like, are you ready? Yeah. Um, so with all of that, talk a little bit about, because you're not a concept band by any stretch. yeah. But having that similar flow through all the songs and that similar messaging or Being able to, you know, if someone were to sit down and listen to Human Furnaces front to back, there's a story being told. What's that like for you writing songs in that fashion?
1: It's so fun Um, because I've always been a fan of the concept record. Like the Black Parade and American Idiot are like two of like really, really important records for me growing up because as a theater kid, I love the idea of the narrative Mm -hmm. and like story. And so the combination of that with like the music, the type of music that I love is so great. Um, For me, you know, sometimes I tend to think backwards. So like Worlds Apart, for example, for me, that was a concept record um, because during COVID the songs were already done. But I wanted to think about okay, how do we how do we tie these songs together? Mm-hmm. Um, and I called Diana, our videographer. She's worked on really every video uh, thus far to date of Glimmers. Um, and I called her and I was like, "Yo, uh, we want to make five music videos, um, one for every song on the EP." and have it tell a story from the first song to the end like what do you think um and she's like that sounds great let's do it um and so for me that is like such a fun part um and that's like to me one of the most important parts yes. um so i don't i don't put pressure on myself to write with like a certain set of boundaries in mind because that's not how I write. Like I'm a very like, if I'm inspired, it's word vomit. If I'm not inspired, then I may as well not write because it's going to come out disingenuous. Right. Um. But after like looking back at the songs and this is what I'm doing right now for what we're working on next, <laughs> lo- looking at the songs, I'm like, oh, these songs are similar in this way let's tell the story visually like this right um but that that's like the most fun part for me is like figuring out how to kind of weave it all together
0: yeah yeah and i i do think that that's a i don't want to say lost art because it is it does seem to be resurging now but like there for a while The music video thing, it was literally, okay, guys, let's get the band together, go stand in a warehouse and we're just going to play our song. And it's like, okay, that's that's cool. But that's not what we're asking for. Like, tell me the story of this song visually.
1: For sure. And like, again, that's so important. Like, I don't want anything that we do to be boring, you know, and, you know, a, a performance video is awesome. Like, that's cool. And there's a place for that. And even on TikTok, I feel like that's. Yeah. That's the thing for TikTok is you're sharing your song, do it in whatever way you want. It can be simple. It can be DIY. That's like, what's amazing about that platform, but I want to make something artistic and have that be the centerpiece of like what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's working at least for, for me and the friends that I've absolutely forced to listen to. Awesome. <laughs> I I will shove music down my friend's throats, whether they like it or not. I love- um, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, you know, being DIY, you know, building your own chores, things like that. I think you know where I'm going. We don't have to name names specifically, but I do want to talk about the whole bamboozle incident. We don't have to get into the details of what happened on the back end, but Talk about like the severity of something like that, where you guys are prepping to go on this tour to go play a festival. The festival falls through. Now you're sitting here going, well, shit, we spent money on merch. We spent money to do these things that got us there or would have gotten us there and back. What the fuck do we do now?
1: For sure. You know, I think people in music totally get it. But people outside of music don't understand like, everything that an independent band has to do. Um, You book your own shows, you design everything, or you create a team and come up with a concept and and work and collaborate. You are your stylist you are, you know, your, your day-to-day manager for the most part. And, and we have a manager and she's amazing. Um, But you, you as an independent band, just because you have like even a manager or someone who helps represent you, that makes your job even harder. Like right. you, you have to work harder uh, when you're working with other people additionally. So it takes a lot. Um And so for us, that was very devastating news. Um, you know, because for us as a band, like we were excited about it, and we routed an entire tour to yeah. go up to that gig and come back. And as an independent band, it wasn't feasible to do the tour without bamboozle. Um, Because logistically, it would have meant almost a week off. That means no place to go. That means, you know, no gig money or merch money coming in. And we didn't have time to book shows in between, right? right? right. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, bought a lot of merch as well. So, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a lot of moving parts that go into it. Um, and so for us, we had to make the sad call of saying, uh, we, we wish we could play these shows, support the bands playing these gigs. You know, we, we tried hard to like not cancel any gigs, like have the bands who are going to support us still play those shows, um, and, and just maybe add a, a different band, an extra band onto the bill. Um, but you know, support those bands. If you want to support us, we have an online merch store, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's disappointing for sure. And I think people underestimate like the time and the effort that it takes as a band, because if you're not in the scene, you don't really, you don't really understand that there is such a grind it comes with even when even where we are at right now we're still like an up-and-coming smaller band but it takes so much work to continue like moving the needle
0: but and and especially too, you know like you said every member of the band wears multiple hats I've talked about that a lot of times on the podcast as well um but there's also like even even locally for you guys right Pretty good recognition. People know the name, but there's still more often than not, probably that that first phone calls a uh, we don't have time or a spot for you. Sorry. So like getting used to the word no. So yep. then when you finally do get all these things booked out, then it's like the rugs pulled out from under you. You're like, fuck! I worked so hard to get yeses, for and sure. now I can't I can't follow through on this thing.
1: For sure. And you know it's it's hard for us like to not be able to figure it out you know it's it's hard for a band to write the notes app sad news post right (laughs) you know that every band every band has gone through you know whether it was we have COVID we can't play a show or you know something like what we went through um but yeah it it sucks and you know for us like I said like we took it as a you know what It's okay. Like this is out of our control. Um, you know, we've we've been through a lot as a band. We we played a West Coast tour in December and on day two, our bus broke down. Yeah. But but we made it work. We we rented a truck, a literal pickup truck, and toured a three-week run in a pickup truck and bold, <laughs> my, my, my back is not happy with me to this day but you pick yourself up and you say you know what this is supposed to be fun we're gonna make it a fun time and we're gonna laugh about this later but this is just the cards we're dealt right now and we're gonna deal with it
0: yeah and I, I think you know again if you're in the scene everybody has stories like that right that Yeah, inevitably you're going to be on the road and blow a tire or whatever. And it's going to come at the absolute worst possible fucking time. You're running late to the next show. You didn't have a good clearing of merch the night before. Like something is going to be just, that's the icing on the cake. And I think it goes not fully underappreciated or, you know, ignored because I think the fans that get it, get it Right but i do think there are some people that just immediately are like oh well you didn't even try and it's like dude i had covid like what the fuck did you want me to do
1: yeah no for sure absolutely um yeah i mean when when our bus broke down like that was not a good time um yeah. we we were stranded in a small town in new mexico um shout out to santa rosa new mexico it is two hours away from Albuquerque. There is nothing in between. (laughs) And it has a population of like 300 people. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, and I, I had I had my little cry moment. I called my mom, I was like, we're safe. This is what's happening. And my parents were like, oh, I'm so sorry, let us come get you, let us do something, and I was like, no, 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 we're gonna figure this out, and we did, and, and that is just what we do, and then flash forward a week later, we're playing Emo Night in LA, it's their birthday show, and I turned to our drummer Jeremy, and I was like, this is this is why we made it, Thing, things work out in the end, so
0: yeah and and i think you know there is a lot to say about that right like or that goes into that that mentality because it takes a while to get there that you you know to play on the the band name glimmers you don't starting out you don't see those glimmers of okay there is something that i can get through this with but once you've done it a couple times as unfortunate as it is but that's kind of life like after the second or third time that something like that happens you go you know what fuck it we've made it through it every time before we're going to do it again
1: right exactly so yeah yeah. things things work out and now we have a story and it's fun and we can bond over the fact that for for two days we lived off of pilots chicken fingers and that's okay
0: I literally uh, just last night was over in Cleveland, Ohio and saw Blink 182 drove there and back the same day. Don't fucking do that. Uh, it's a five hour drive for me. It was a not a great oh. idea. <laughs> yeah. But the point to your point, the like on the way I was with my sister and, and the family and whatnot. And I'm like, she's like, hey, you know, you just want to stop at like the Speedway or whatever. And I was like, nope, I need a love's. Uh, you know, a flying J or a sheets. And she's like, why? And I'm like, because I know that I can trust their food. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if there's, if nothing else, I won't die eating their food.
1: Very true. Shout, shout out to Wawa, Bucky's and sheets. Those are like the three that like, I am good with. Um, I bring snacks on the road. I bring my Trader Joe's snacks. <laughs> uh like ramen and stuff because i'm like you never know but there there are times when you can't trust it but that was our only option so we're just like you know what we're rolling with it it's fine
0: yeah absolutely (laughs) and i I think you know it, it it's funny because like i've had so many bands from other countries on the podcast that have come over and toured america and whatnot and i think it was thornhill from australia uh, they were on tour and they were in Chicago when I had my time with them, and uh, the lead singer was talking about how you know in Australia they eat a little more clean or whatever, and he's like, "But we had deep dish uh, Chicago pizza the other day," and he's like, "I'm still fucking feeling it three days later." Like,
1: oh no, I love deep dish pizza. Yeah, uh, Chicago is one of my favorite cities. Uh, my boys complain so much about it because of how cold it is every time we go. Um, but Luminati's in mm-hmm. Chicago, great deep dish pizza. And we had it the first time we played there and it was life changing. So,
0: yeah, it was- yeah, that, it's incredible. Um So the thing I've been doing kind of to transition to the end, because again, I refuse to sit and think about questions. I bought this game called hot takes and it's kind of like cards against humanity. It's just shitty opinions. So uh, I picked two of them and I think these two are really fitting for you. Uh, I'm going to start off with probably the more controversial one for you. And that's that cats are better than dogs.
1: Oh, that's so false. (laughs) Oh, that's so false. So I've had both cats and dogs as pets. Um, grew up with two cats uh, that my parents rescued and loved them so much. Um, but when they passed away, you know, my dad was like, we need a dog. And my mom was like very hesitant. She was like, no, I'm a cat person. <laughs> like, I don't know if I could like connect with a dog like I do with a cat And then Annie came along and like changed her life. Um, And so moving on from Annie, we have two dogs now. uh, Jesse, who is a chow chow. And he is like the floofiest boy ever. And then Cece, who is like a little malty poo. Um, And I love them so much. And I'm sorry, but cats are just too independent. They, they will give you love, but only on their terms. And (laughs) my dogs love, love, and they love, love a good belly rub and a good walk. And so I very much prefer dogs.
0: Yeah. See, and don't get me wrong. I love dogs, but it's the independence of a cat that I do love. Uh So especially, uh, I went to Ireland a few years ago. I literally just had a friend come by like, twice the week that I was gone and hey make sure she has food and water like she'll be fine you know
1: yeah (laughs) um that's that's convenient I mean right I'm very lucky when I'm on the road like my mom is always with them she works from home and like yeah they are so like I would be worried about them if I didn't have my mom to like to take care of them um and even when we travel like as a family or whatever we're always like we we hope the dogs are okay yeah, right. like, so there is that anxiety with dogs that you don't have with cats yeah uh, for sure but there's just something about like going on a walk with jesse like i love it
0: well and there there was a meme i saw a while back about you know dogs and their level of excitement and everything and it's like you know a dog will get excited when you come home maybe even pee a little and he's like i I've never had a friend or a cat do that. Like, dogs are better.
1: There you go. That's a good take. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: So the second one is still pretty uh, appropriate for you because you guys have the Twitch channel that I want to give you time to promote here at the end as well. Uh, But this shitty take, it's not even a hot take. It's a shitty take. (laughs) Playing too many video games will make you dumber.
1: Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. That's so dumb. Yeah, so, like, I I would love to get more into video games. I'm just, like, so busy all the time and so type A. My mind is always, like, I need to be productive, even though you have to have your own space to, like, relax to. Um, but Animal Crossing is my shit. Um, I just got a new Switch, and I'm trying to figure out how to, like, transfer my island. It's a pain in the ass. yeah. I may have to start over, which saddens me.
0: I'll see if I can find the article. There was an article on like IGN or Game Radar uh, that is specifically like it is a walkthrough how to do it because so many people were bitching about how to transfer Uh, your.
1: It hurts. It just hurts. Um, But as a band, like we play Mario Kart on the road, like in every hotel room, like when we're on the bus, like. (laughs) It is a good time. Um, and Twitch is so fun. Like we yeah. started streaming like late last year and, you know, we continue to do streams. Like I have my own like talk show every Sunday morning, but next Friday, we're doing like a virtual game show for mm-hmm. charity. Um, so it's like video games are fun. Like let people enjoy things. Also. I think it takes a lot of mental acuity to be able to play a video game and like strategize yeah next step so
0: yeah well and I think there are some studies I'm not going to quote any of them because people will call me out I'm sure but I think (laughs) there have been a lot of studies that kind of disprove that card that like like you're saying there's some mental acuity in it and obviously depending on the type of game right like The Zelda's are a great example. There's so many puzzles and stuff like that that you have to figure out how to solve. But even if you're gonna go like short of GTA, like GTA is a pretty mindless game. Like you can just kind of do whatever the fuck you want. But like even like the Call of Duties or something, like the hand-eye coordination that it takes to turn your guy or any sort of first-person shooter and turn your guy and make him jump and and hit that shot at the right time. Like you you can't be dumb to do this stuff
1: no no not at all yeah I I agree I totally agree and I I want to get more into into my switch I'm going on a vacation in a couple weeks so maybe I'll I'll sit by the pool and and pick something new to play
0: (laughs) well if you are looking for a game you mentioned Animal Crossing so I've played the hell out of it uh it's going to sound really weird coming from me, but there's a game called Disney's Dreamlight Village, and it is have, fucking awesome.
1: I have it, and I've started. I need to play more of it. It's um, so good. <laughs> it is. It is so good. I love that Like you have different challenges with different Disney characters. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. fun. I'm here it for gets, that.
0: It gets super dope. And then if you want one that is uh, basically Animal Crossing, but people, uh, Stardew Valley is a very similar concept so
1: oh nice yeah. yeah i i like the build your own world
0: yep type
1: of games um those are really fun and i love mario kart like i'm a big mario kart person i'm getting better too um our lead guitarist alex like he always wins like he's a pro yeah and we play like a ton of nights, and like I'm getting better. I'm I'm getting up to his level. So. Who,
0: who's your go-to racer?
1: Oh, Peach. I figured. <laughs> yes, Princess Peach has always been. I have the rose gold Peach, um, and I always I have her on a bike. Like I I prefer the bike to the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was super excited because I saw the Super Mario movie and she had a bike and I right. was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Makes you feel a little vindicated in it, right? It like you're justified in it.
1: It does, absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, awesome. Um, so kind of as we transition to the end here, uh, obviously I want to give you time to talk about all the different things, right? Talk about where people can find you online. I'll obviously link you um but you know where can people find you what's the best way to interact things like that
1: for sure so you can find really all of our socials we're at glimmers band uh tiktok instagram facebook twitter all of that good stuff um and you can find me at it's maggie schneider schneider is spelled s c h n e i d e r um i'm especially on tiktok and instagram those are my two favorites um and i just i do everything from make covers to you know show show snippets of being on the road and and all of that good stuff um so we're there you can stream us on all streaming platforms uh our twitch is at glimmers band as well we do a lot of fun stuff there and uh yeah just you know putting new music out soon and you know, have music videos online. So definitely check those out if you're into it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Maggie, I've, I've really appreciated this. I've had so much fun talking to you. I, I am not just blowing smoke up your ass. Uh, and I'm not going to use the Haley Williams comparison. I do think that in the, the scene, if you will, the, the pop punk scene, whatever we're going to call this music space, I really truly believe that that your voice is one that is so close to breaking out into out of the glass box and glass ceiling into this, like being someone that the second they hear Maggie start singing like, oh shit, that's Maggie, you know?
1: Thank you so much. That, that means a lot to me. Like that's, that's always been my goal and my dream. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate your kindness on that for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'll keep you posted on this. Um, I think I posted the other day that this will be going live at the end of the month, but um, you know we'll keep you posted on that. And I'm looking forward to what you guys are doing. And uh, I, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk.
1: Absolutely, yeah. would love to be on the show again. And yeah, let me know when it comes out and I'll share the episode around.
0: Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much, Maggie. We'll talk soon, okay?
1: Have a good one.
0: Thanks, you too. Bye. Bye. And that was my conversation with Maggie of the band Glimmers. Huge shout out to her. Thank you so much, Maggie, for taking the time to have that conversation with me. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you guys are, if not already fans, at least going to go check out Glimmers and kind of just see what they're all about. See if there's songs that, that you connect to or that um, maybe... You discover a band that uh, is going to become a fan favorite for you. Uh, I think Glimmers has incredible potential, and that's not just because I just had Maggie on the show. I've been singing their praises for a long time to my friends, and um, they're really, I think, on the verge of becoming one of those bands that people are going to say blew up overnight, but they've been working so hard for this and it's really, really cool to see. Um, so yeah, as always go check out their socials, give them a like, share, subscribe, follow, uh, check out their Twitch where Maggie does a weekly, uh, talk show, um, very podcast esque on Sundays. Um, check out the band playing video games and all sorts of other stuff throughout other streams. Um, And yeah, you know, go check out Human Furnaces, their new EP, It's Fucking Rad, Um, and just show support and and let Maggie know that you listened to the podcast and um, that you enjoyed it, hopefully. So that's everything I've got for you guys on this week's episode. As always, I really appreciate everything you do for this podcast, all the streams and follows and everything else. Um, It is really, really appreciated and um, not something that is lost on me by any means. So remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.